Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for human Venn diagrams. Coming at you every single Monday. And hosted by us. talking with Adam Ward, a multi-hyphenate artist who works primarily in Lego. Yep, Lego, as in the favorite childhood building blocks, small rectangular prisms, everything is awesome kind of Lego. Adam has created major installations for brands like Tumblr, Microsoft, Genentech, and the Oscars. And he's an artist in residence at Bricksburg in Los Angeles, where the next several Lego movies are being made. He's also working with the Great Lakes Science Center in Cleveland, Ohio, on a massive upcoming Lego exhibit for next year, and is in his second season of Brick by Brick, a YouTube series on the Soul Pancake channel that has over a million views. We talk about artificial intelligence, the uncanny valley, the value in taking action and actually completing projects, and how Lego can be a tool for social change. Totally. And we get into the mathematical tools of Lego art and the virtues of starting from wherever you are and using whatever materials you've got. 
So basically what we're saying here is everything is awesome. Everything is totally awesome. Without further ado. (laughs) Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Hi, Christina. Hello, Kate. Hello, Adam. Hi, Christina. Hi, Kate. (laughs) Hello. We do like to do a little circle of hellos here, given the nature of one of us is, you know, at least one of us is remote on the show. Today it's Christina. It always just, it makes me think of the Book of Mormon. I I always have that little, like, the opening song in my head. Oh, you know, I've never you, seen Have you seen that? No. no. I've seen it. I'm seeing oh, it. Oh, you guys are missing out. I'm they like, ding are dong, they're in the yeah, doorbell. And they're like, hello, my name is Elder Cunningham, and I would like to, you know, you don't know this? No. Okay. No, I just want to see how I just anyway. started bouncing back and forth, though. <laughs> he did. Adam totally started bouncing back and forth. <laughs> I am so excited because Adam is in studio with me in LA today, which is very rare because, as we all know, we have guests all over the place. And Adam did the bold and courageous and wonderful thing of driving through rain in LA to get here. Whoa. <laughs> Adam, you're from Minnesota, so you're like rain. I am, whatever. yeah. Rain's a piece of cake. <laughs> right. But most people in LA like don't think rain's a piece of cake, apparently. Just that the way yeah. people drive is... Well, that's like that's superhero status, Adam. <laughs> you know, it, people, people cancel plans over rain. <laughs> I remember like soon after moving here, somebody canceled plans to go see a movie. And I'm like, it's not outside. It's inside. It's not raining <laughs> in the theater. To be fair, we'll we be cancel fine. plans in New York when it rains really hard. But that's because we have to walk places that's true that's yeah true. it's more reasonable I suppose. yeah yeah no i i just discovered i did think like the late cancel is an la thing but apparently christina says that it's also a new york thing mm. yeah i, I think like it's like a 30 year old thing it's my knees hurt and i'd rather stay in bed <laughs> <laughs> totally yes this i know sounded I like am... a great idea when i put it on my google calendar a week ago but now i don't want to go so i'm just going to tell you the subway's delayed or you know it's raining that's actually really true i have to say that when i put things on my calendar i'm putting them on my calendar as the aspirational version of myself Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like i just assume that i'm going to have optimal energy and just be game and i think it's really great to put things on your calendar because most cases if i'm not i'll still want to be there show up for people i love and rise to the occasion but sometimes it's like oh yeah i thought i could do five things in 25 minutes that was a little Oh. <laughs> One of the best pieces of advice I was given uh, around calendaring, I don't follow it, but I, it sounds reasonable, is that um, you should only put things on your calendar during the time of day that they're asking for. So, like, if it's an after work plans, like, don't agree to it until it's after work in the day that you're agreeing, even if it's like two weeks from now, because it puts you in the mindset of like, what do I feel like at seven o'clock at night? Am I really going to want to go out to Bushwick? No, the answer is no. And then you'll just be more honest and say, that's never going to happen. Pick something else. That's Uh, interesting. Which sounds like a brilliant plan, but like, I don't have the time to triage my emails to remind me during the time of day, whether or not to schedule the thing for, yeah. 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 No, so, Adam, I'm curious because you're an artist in residence now, right? At Bricksburg? I am. Getting this right? That's correct. And could you tell us what Bricksburg is, our listeners who might not know? Sure. Bricksburg is a wonderful building that houses a bunch of the companies and the different brilliant people behind the Lego films. Um, so awesome. the Lego movie came out and everybody saw it and loved it. And they were like, hey, let's make a bunch more of these. So now Lego Batman is the next one to come out. It right. comes out in February. Really? Super excited. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so it's going to be great. Um, and then 
and there's uh, Lego Ninjago, there's Lego Movie 2, and potentially a bunch of other sequels. So uh, Everything is awesome! It's <laughs> su- super awesome. I love that song. So instead of having people in a bunch of different buildings, there are artists and animators and producers and directors kind of and writers all under one building which is a really great way oh to do gosh. it. Put all of the cooks awesome, in the same yeah. kitchen. Um, and I get to hang out there and I make a bunch of art for the building and do some builds for the movies themselves and get to kind of answer some Lego-y questions because it's super in my wheelhouse. That's so cool. So now that you're there, you know, because I'm guessing that you've had a different kinds of schedules, being a freelance artist, working project by project. I mean, do you sort of go there regularly, nine to five now? Or how do you structure your days? Yeah, I go there a bunch. I'm there most days for most of the day. Um, but one thing, if I'm doing a lot of building, like building can be a super solitary exercise. And yeah. I'm a very social person. So instead of like, I used to stockpile all of like my meetings and stuff on one day. And then I was like, oh, I'll just have like three days to straight build. And then by the third day, I would be like, I need human contact. <laughs> yes, someone so, talk to me. So now I sprinkle we are like, familiar with that. Yeah, so now I sprinkle <laughs> lunch meetings and other meetings like throughout the week. So I'm very rarely at the office like all day, any yeah. one day. Um, but I'm there a bunch. Have you found that it's nice to have a dedicated place to go that where a lot of people are? Like, do you like that? Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, I used to work out of my house, um, my old place, mm-hmm. um, and that was great. But it was a little bit like the work hangout kind of delineation was a little bit like harder to make. I like, totally know this. It's, well, it's very. It's, I find it helpful to go to an office and like, I'm not going to just kick it on the couch at the office or like go <laughs> right. do other stuff. Um, I basically am just there to get work done. And of course I procrastinate and end up on YouTube and Facebook and all those wonderful <laughs> digital <laughs> places to just put off work. Um, but when I'm at the office, I am in like in a, a different mindset that is generally pretty conducive to, to creating things. That's awesome. So do you, do you film your YouTube videos from that office as well as like, sketch out what things you want to build and what kind of collaborations you want to do is that all in one place or do you have a couple of different uh spaces that you that you do all of your different projects in so the show brick by brick um Mm -hmm. we shoot at soul pancake headquarters um in east hollywood and they have a great studio there and yeah and then the man on the street stuff we do all over los angeles like the arts district and downtown and east side Mm -hmm. and all the beach Oh my gosh. Different spots. We have so much to ask you about, and we're going to jump into it in just a minute. In true show tradition, we're going to kick it off with an article today. Uh, But before we get to that article, which we have really, listeners will know, there's been a couple of times where we're like, and that thing we were going to talk about, we'll talk about it at some other point. (laughs) We're talking about that today. Very exciting. Uh, Mm -hmm. Has to do with artificial intelligence and President Obama. Um, But before that, there's just a a fun... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. My setup really... (laughs) This is where we drop the hard-hitting news. There's a serial number. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, the cat's out of the bag. But before we get there, there's just a really fun news item that, that came across my laptop last night uh entitled one small step for nasa one giant leap for gifts 
<laughs> the New York Times. So NASA announced last week that it would open an official account at Giphy, which I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people know what that is. But in case not, it's a GIF database and social media platform. Uh, I have made many a GIF on Giphy, actually, and, and had a fun time doing it. Um, but bringing NASA up to speed, according to the article with the way young people communicate in the Internet age. And Christina, I thought this was really interesting because when I was your plus one at that brunch at South by Southwest in Mm -hmm. March, there was a girl there from Giphy and I asked her, I was like, so other than like listicles and stuff, you know, like what, what are gifts, you know, what's going to happen with gifts? And she's like, gifts are the future. And I was like, (laughs) and she was just like, so believed. And I was like, oh my gosh. And now with the NASA article, I'm like, maybe gifts are the future and the future is now. (laughs) So anyway. Well, you know, I I was a little bit, um, maybe skeptical that gifts could really, you know, communicate anything worthwhile uh, until two two things that happened. One was that I was turned into a gif. And That's I think right. once you have that experience, you're like, oh, okay, well, now if I'm going to be part of it, then it must be a thing. You were turned into but a more, gif. I, I, I turned I, myself into a gif, which is so much less cool. Counts. <laughs> Thank Thank you. Um, medium counts. <laughs> Thank you. The, I'm going to count The it. other thing was a friend sent me an email and the entire it was like a an email just of gifts but it told me like a, an update about what was going on in her life and like some key information and i was wow. so impressed i was like this is emojis but 10 times better I just, it seems like the act of curating and narrating through GIFs seems like a very high lift, at least for someone like me who does not speak GIF fluently. <laughs> but I certainly enjoy experiencing them if someone else would like to put in the work. Yeah. I, well, the GIF that's in this article is a bunch of, I think, in the control room at, at JPL, where we were, Christina. Mm-hmm. With I Bob think this Ack. is from the Curiosity Landing. I think it's the Curiosity Landing, and it's just... I'm going to show Adam. It's just like scientists jumping up and down oh, with joy, great. which is so great. Like, I feel like if I was looking at something like that when I was in high school science class, I would be like, wait a minute, maybe I should just pay a little bit more attention. Or, I'm just you know, didn't pick the one where the, the guys tried to high-five and missed. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's a gift worth commemorating. That's so charming. Yeah. definitely an, an indoor kid's gift. I agree. I agree. Adam, have you, any, have you ever indoor kids. <laughs> indoor kids? I think there's three of them right here. Yeah. And maybe four if we include Steve about? through the window. He's waving. Yeah. Um, Adam, have you ever had any of your Lego? By the way, let me just tangent for a sec and ask you, is Lego plural also Lego? Yeah, it is. Myself. Were you, Christine? It's like Kleenex or like something yeah. that you don't add an S to. It is. So Leg- Lego comes from a Dutch word or Dutch phrase meaning oh. play well. What? I so love that. it's Lego, which means play well. And Lego, the company will never pluralize Lego. And yeah. they're not huge fans when people do. So many people like do. officially, and everybody does it. Everyone <laughs> yeah. wants to play Legos. Oh, how many Legos do you have? I have like so many Legos. Yeah. Um, but on brick by brick, I'm really careful not to pluralize it. I noticed that. Um, I slip I sometimes because you know I'm human, unlike Obama, who is apparently AI. Um, <laughs> Which we're about to find out more about. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So Lego means play well. You can put that in your little trivia basket. Will do. And I'm sure we'll show it on the uh, put it on the show notes for sure. Oh, obviously this yeah. is a show notes. <laughs> So, have you ever had any Lego builds gift 
Has anyone ever made a GIF out of you in process? <laughs> uh, I've had some time lapses oh, cool. that have been done, which are pretty cool. Oh, I'd love to see um, And I occasionally try to do it myself, but then I get so like caught up in the build that mm-hmm. I'll have like the first 15 steps and then there'll be no pictures taken and then you'll see like step 185 (laughs) what kind of happened in between these two so fast (laughs) so um if i had like a dedicated picture person maybe but i made a gif uh like a year ago i made this little 2016 statue that spun and i made a gif of it spinning Oh, I love for, that. For New Year's, which, what is, was which the, is pretty fun. The statue, was it of the numbers 2016? It was. I made some intention boxes for a little while. What um, are those? So it's a little box that I build. I build one every year, and I put intentions in it. So then I I, whenever I see the box, it's like a reminder of what I want to do that year. Um, do you build it out of Lego? I do build it out of Lego. Fantastic. I build most things out of, out of Lego. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Oh, my gosh. I hope you make one for 2017. Oh, I've, I've got to. I've got a, I've got yeah. a little little theme going. I got to keep, keep on going. Keep the cadence. Yeah. yeah. Well, Christina, unless you have yes. more to talk about gifts, I think it's time to talk about robot Obama. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's time to drop some truth bombs uh, <laughs> on our listeners. Um, President that... Obama has been a robot this whole time. Uh, no. So and we found this we article. Sued, I think you yeah. found this Kate uh, a couple yeah. months ago. Um, in Wired, it certainly went around all of my social feeds. This it, fantastic in-depth interview with Wired's Scott, I'm going to say your last name wrong, Dadich, Dadik, Dadich. We're going to go with that. Okay. Um, and MIT's uh, Joy Ito mm-hmm. and the president talking about uh, the future, artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, neural net, sort of what does the future look like? And I love this article for many reasons. It touches on so many interesting things um, that are certainly part of part of my world and things that I'm personally excited about. But I also really love this article because it it captures Obama's inner, inner nerd hmm. so mm-hmm. well. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole thing on Star Trek at yeah, the end, uh, totally. and it, it sort of points out. I think you know Bobek mentioned this in our very first interview, um, along with I think we've touched on a couple of points along the way. Uh, what a great champion uh, for science and technology the Obama White House has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything from the White House Science Fair that Bobak had gone to, um, to their participation in South by Southwest, to um, a lot of the support they've given, both uh, you know funding for research, um, certainly opening up data sets, building 18F and USDS inside the federal government. We had Emily Barnes from 18F mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, really just like what, what a huge push forward for science and technology and the policy behind it, the research and and development within that and the implementation of it throughout Americans' daily lives that we've had in this White House. And uh, I'm going to get like teary over this, but I, I am just like so appreciative of having that kind of a leader um, really, really focused on this piece of the world that is going to matter so much. Um, it already has, obviously, but uh, certainly as we, we move further and faster into this future of technology, having a president who knows about this, cares about this, engages with experts on this is so important. And uh, I'm probably not the only one to say how disappointing it is that our next president um, does not share that same intellectual curiosity and and support of science 
uh, and understanding of the threats as well as the opportunities of technology. Well spoken and well said, Christina. And I think, you know, in talking about this article specifically, I I also was so struck at the thoughtfulness with which Obama addresses a lot of the kind of fears of artificial intelligence, right? And and will our Mm -hmm. jobs be taken away? And also, will robots take over the world? You know, where's where's the humanity piece? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I love, there's a couple things I really loved. One was this just great, metaphor that he used when um, Datich, we're saying, uh, mm-hmm. asked him about, you know, uh, what is the role of government in technology? And he mm-hmm. said the way that he's been thinking about regulatory structure as AI emerges is that early in technology, a thousand flowers should bloom. I thought that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the government mm-hmm. should add a relatively light touch, investing heavily in research and making sure there's a conversation between basic research and applied research. And then as technology emerges and matures, then figuring out how, you know, technologies get incorporated into existing structures, uh, you know, that becomes a tougher problem and that the government needs Mm -hmm. to be involved a little bit more. But I just Mm -hmm. love that metaphor. Being someone as we all are who believes in the creative process and sort of, you know, those pasta against the wall throwing moments that Mm -hmm. that I know I've had, uh, I thought was just a really great way to, to talk about that. And then secondly, there's just the piece about, I loved when he talked about the Temple Grandin example, Mm -hmm. that part of what makes us human are the kinks, right? Mm -hmm. That they're the mutations, the outliers and the flaws that that create art or new innovation. And then we have to Mm -hmm. assume that if a system is perfect, then it's static. And Mm -hmm. I just really love talking about that point as well. What I love about that discussion is the neurodiversity movement. She, Temple Grandin talks about this a lot where she says, if Mozart and Einstein and Tesla would probably all be considered autistic if they were alive today. They might be on the spectrum. Um, And so, you know, as she's saying, uh, you know, if we were able to eliminate autism and make everyone, you know, by this term, neuronormal, we're actually losing um, these, you know, these extremes and these the shades of curiosity and creativity and expression that actually leads to societal benefit and I know many, I think, brilliant people on everywhere from the technology side to the arts side, I'm sure both of you do as well, who without having that special thing that kind of makes them a little bit, quote unquote, different, um, wouldn't have that perspective or that vocabulary that they have to build whatever it is that they can build. Um, which is why I love companies like SAP that have actually committed to hiring 10% of their workforce from the autism spectrum, oh, wow. um, which is amazing, which is unparalleled as far as I know, but really focusing on neural diversity and what that brings us as a, as a society, as a group. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of what we talk about on the show, too, is like the idea of, you know, you think there's something about you that is just like weird or strange or different. And Mm -hmm. then you hear someone say like, no, yeah, that's that's okay. There are other people like you or there's other people doing 10 million things or or whatever Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Or that's your secret sauce. Or that's your secret sauce. Yeah. You know, and I think after I got out of school, because I had this good student thing, after I got out of school, (laughs) I... Uh, I had to unlearn a lot of what I had f- 
figured out to do well in school, I had to unlearn it to be able to create in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. I had to like (laughs) tap back into like the little girl who would dance around with baskets on my head, you know, and be like, who is she? (laughs) Like, where did she go? Because she was like screaming inside of me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And Adam, you, you know, you have built a career around doing something that for a lot of people is play, you know, and as you just said, the 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 Lego Lego comes from play well. That's so amazing. Um, how did you sort of figure out? Oh, I can really tap into this. I can tap into this curiosity of mine. It's it like I haven't built a career. I'm building a career. Totally. Like it feels it <laughs> as feels, we all are. It feels very, for sure. <laughs> like an, an in progress, a very active thing. I love that. Um, I never considered using Lego as an art medium, as a tool for a career to make a business out of um, until it started. (laughs) Like when I was a kid, there was no part of me that was like, oh, maybe this could be something. You know, as a kid, you play baseball. You're like, oh, maybe I could be a professional baseball player. Or you do a play and you're like, oh, maybe I could be an actor. It wasn't even on my radar when I was putting in all of those hours. What Um, were you like as a kid? Were you, uh, you were an indoor kid? uh, (laughs) I mean, in the winter for sure in Minnesota, um, just for self-preservation, but, uh, yeah, really creative. Uh, I did a lot of plays. I was an only child, so it was often me and my Lego and action figures and just figuring stuff out. Um, mm. to entertain myself. Mm. Uh, very, very few video games in my house. Like, we, we had a Nintendo, but mm-hmm. we had a game. Because my parents thought that that's what you... Like, you bought a Nintendo like you buy shoots and Ladders. Like, you have, you have the one What game. was your one game? Uh, it was uh, Mario and Duck Hunt. And then we got Tetris, but my dad basically just took over Tetris and just Tetris his face off. No. Um, like, King of Tetris. And then Did you have li- siblings, or were you an No, only child. child. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I have my, my dad was married before he was married to my mom, so I have mm-hmm. wonderful half siblings, but they're significantly older and they've mm-hmm. never lived in the same state. Um, so Got they're it. awesome, but like in my household, I was ostensibly an only child. Yeah. Got it. Um, so a lot of so you like. Got, you got to learn to entertain yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To this day, I find myself like playing the same, like having the same ideas for games that I had when I was a really small kid, like not stepping on cracks or seeing, you know, just all sorts of <laughs> weird, you know, backseat of the car games yeah. that you make up when you don't have, uh, you know, multicolored 128 bit, you know, magic little tablet in your hand. <laughs> Wait, so totally. how did you go from playing with Lego singular slash plural job, as a child job. and your you know mario brothers nintendo game how did you get from that to like hey there there's there might be a there there for me to go and do this in any sort of way that could maybe make me money by the way before adam before you answer that i know that i uh, i will take full responsibility that i have shifted us totally from the wired article <laughs> oh i figured you're talking we about a, adam uh, we're moving forward. it's a great article <laughs> everyone you should read totally it. i i do want to just tie it up by saying that it is a really just sort of really wonderfully thorough in-depth great conversation about what's going on in tech and 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 everything so we will definitely link to it on the show notes and yeah lots, read it i read it everybody it's all it's just like and they're such fun conversations to have because we have no idea yes. what's going to happen but I think we all understand it's going to be super significant yeah. and really interesting and will certainly lead to some amazing things and hopefully not lead to 
<laughs> destruction. Well, it, yeah. If you want to read a really in-depth, like 155-page report on the future, yeah. uh, which includes a ton around bots and AI and neural networks and all of that, yeah. there's this organization called the Future Today Institute that's led by my friend Amy Webb. Cool. And they release this report every year. They just released the one uh, in December of 2016 for 2017. It is chock full. It is so... Uh, uh, Deep. It, it will, I printed it out. It's going to take me like a couple months to read through oh, it. Wow. Right. By but the time you're finished, it will be the future. It's yeah. perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's absolutely fascinating. What a great way to pass time. Here are all of the technology trends and how they're going to influence everything from like agriculture to wow, uh, you know, money and commerce to self-driving cars to like how you interact with your loved ones. Wow. It's wow. fascinating. We'll link to it in the show notes. So awesome. you can read the short version, which is the Wired article, or you can read the dissertation version from the Future Today <laughs> Institute. Okay, back to Adam. <laughs> back to your question, Christina, which was yes. essentially how did you, yeah, how did you start doing it? Yeah, uh, I, as a kid, I was above average at Lego. Like I, Were you? Yeah, I was always building with sets older than my age and was often making my own things and kind of using Lego, not just in a Lego dynamic, but also to house my He-Man figures and my Ninja Turtles. <laughs> like if my parents wouldn't get me a castle, then I would build the castle out of Lego and then do wow. uh, He-Man-y, Ninja Turtle-y things using the Lego as a backdrop. So that was sort now, of... Did you have to take those things apart in order to build new ones or would they reward your creativity with additional... Lego. Oh, good question. Uh, I mean, it, w- whenever there was a gift opportunity, all I wanted was Lego. That's basically really? all, all I asked for. So this was a really early passion. Oh, yeah, cer- yeah, certainly. Wow. We would call this signal toward a, a future <laughs> career. <laughs> That's incredible. And then when there was an opportunity at school to do uh, a, a project for science, or I would try to in- incorporate Lego whenever possible. Wow. Um, and then I... Were you into math and science as a kid? Yeah, I mean, yes. I had an affinity toward math and kind of helped me stay afloat when I was not really paying attention and had a hard time reading when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, it like just mm. wasn't that interesting to me, unless it was like material that I was super excited about. Like yeah. if it was ma- material I wasn't excited about or felt neutral toward, I just had wanted to do literally anything else. Yeah. Um, I totally relate to that. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so all of this time working on Lego and not using Lego just to do Lego-y things, mm. I think, yeah, it was like a seed for, for what would happen later. And then when I was a teenager, I was really interested in being cool. So <laughs> Lego went from my room, I remember, to downstairs because there were, like, you know, there were like pictures of girls on my wall now and I had a black light and, you know... <laughs> I, I shopped at Hot Topic. I did. Okay. Please tell me you had a lava lamp. Too. Oh, I for sure had a lava lamp. <laughs> yeah. It was silver, and the lava globules uh, were neon green. Was this like high school nice. when when yeah, you would say like the like, shift happened? This is like the beginning of like being a teenager. Like because I was I was also like the kid who was like desperately trying to be cool. Mm. I, I kind of knew that I was, and that it would take a lot of work. But I think I saw it as like this challenge. Like, can I figure out sure. how to be cool? Yeah. You know, and. It 
I was at a high school that was like very, very segmented in who was cool and who wasn't cool. Mm. Also, mm. Um, cool which is was very clear at our school, and I studied them like an anthropologist. <laughs> I was like, yes. what is it that you do with your hair in that little flip that yes. somehow makes it cool? Like reverse engineer coolness. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Like, why are those like platform Converse shoes? Uh, awesome. I pulled it off to like eighty percent accuracy, but you know how they talk about like the uncanny valley when this is relative to ai in fact um when something has become like close enough to what it's trying to represent whether it's like Mm. a robot trying to be human or whatever Mm. that like it it's very clearly not a robot but it's like weird and not it not exactly human and like it's it's just close enough that like freaks you out in the mirror but uh but like it's very clearly not it yet. That was me trying to be cool. What is the name was, for that? It's the Uncanny Valley because oh, the there's uncanny this valley. graph. Right. Yeah, right. there's a graph where like uh, I, there's like a little dip in in the graph where like things are approaching. Um, I, I'm out of words cool. tonight, but approaching, uh, cool. approaching sort of like <laughs> fitting in, and then there's this yeah. weird little dip in it, and it's like you have to get past the Uncanny Valley because it's so uncanny. It's not. It's creepy. So, Adam, you are spending Adam. some time trying to be cool. The Legos go away for a while. They go away for a while. When do they reemerge? I brought them to college. Oh, at, you did? Not my, no. not, not my freshman year. Oh, my but God. Like, and you went to Syracuse. I went to Syracuse. Uh-huh. By my junior year, I was like, I've, I had my, my group. I, like, I felt, I felt com- comfortable. And I thought it would be fun just to have Lego around for, like, late night, you know, intoxicated you know, fun, fun builds. And, and By the I, way, I feel sorry like late night intoxicated is the worst time to bring out Lego because that's when you step on them. Oh yeah. I mean, I've stepped on, I've, I've put in my, my time in stepping on Lego. I've like, I almost have like calloused feet at this point. Um, so you brought them out. I was going to interject that before we hopped on tonight, Adam, let me know that you were in a hip hop group in college, was, which is was. awesome. Yeah, Writing was, and I, rapping. I did, okay. the, did Lego ever get? It, it didn't. It didn't. That was, a, that was like a, a different... A different, yeah. A, a different, you, you didn't find a way to intersect those two interests? I haven't, but like with brick, by, with brick by Brick, there is talk of like maybe a musical episode or having some musical guests or I don't know. Like That'd I've thought awesome. about maybe doing like a rap instructional build or something. I can totally I see it. It, it, could, it could be I, fun. I bet you could convince Lin-Manuel Miranda to join you for that Ooh, uh, I mean, for that video. Just I'm that just putting that out there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, uh, he's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty pretty darn talented. So so you're having your like late night parties, your your, yes. your junior year, junior the Legos emerge. It's just building nonsense. Like, just Lego Kate. Singular, singular, oh, plural. See, yeah. I knew I was going to do it at least five times. It's, it's so all good. I, one is done. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're 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 the uh, the pluralizing Lego police because totally. I will I will not play that role. I, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll be the lightning rod and I'll just keep like adding the S anyway. Uh, and we we basically just uh, I remember pretty clearly pl- like playing a game with some friends that we would just try to build something to make the other people laugh. Um, so you'd like that. close your eyes, have like a handful of Lego, and just try to build something that would make the other person laugh. Like, like line a, building. No, you would the oh, other person, would. and then you would like present, you know, a uh, like a, a picture, a, a little scene <laughs> to try to make the other person laugh. That's um, delightful. Which is still like, using it in a play dynamic, but kind of different than I had ever used it before. Yeah. Um, and then when I moved out to Los Angeles, I brought uh, a big box of Lego, and it just kind of hung out under my bed, and I didn't really do anything with it. And then there was this like 
really just lucky moment. Um, my roommate bought an Apple TV, and the Apple TV was on top of our receiver, and he like <laughs> did a really great job at making our place awesome. And I had no money, and I did nothing to contribute. <laughs> so our Apple TV was overheating on top of the receiver, and he was like, hey, we need to get a shelf for this so it's not overheating, so air can pass under it. I'm like, this is literally the least I can do. I'll go get a shelf for the <laughs> Apple TV. I go to Target. There are no options that I felt good about. There were like crappy things. So leaving Target, I was like, oh, I'll go to Home Depot. I'll buy like $5 of wood and I'll make it myself because I'm oh, like a pretty it. handy person. Yeah. Leaving Target, I was like, oh, I'll walk down the Lego aisle as I like to do because I'm still interested in Lego <laughs> even though I'm not, you know, buying them. Um, and I had this aha moment in the aisle that I have this box of Lego at home under my bed and I can build the shelf out of Lego instead of using a more traditional building material. And I raced home and I grabbed the Apple TV and I built the shelf and I made a little clip thing for the cord and it worked. <laughs> and the Lego looked like it, the shelf looked terrible. Um, there was like no thought in making it look, it was purely utilitarian. Um, but that was the first time that I'd used Lego in a non play dynamic and started seeing it as a tool. And I had basically no furniture. So I started going back to the same box and just using all of the Lego I had since I was a kid to make uh, picture frames and a little thing for my change and a thing to put my keys and this little table. I thought you were going to say like yeah. a couch. And then I was going to be like, no. I did not have this that. This is a large box of Lego. That is, yeah, it is. Also a not very soft couch. Um, <laughs> you can throw some cushions on there. It'd be all right. Um, and that was that was the beginning of a journey that I still continue to be on now of, of making things, you know, not just for play, but to actually serve uh, a purpose. And my thought was when I was a kid, I loved Lego and I used Lego to build all the things a kid needs like rockets and cool cars with 75 wheels, 76, maybe to have symmetry um, <laughs> and different things like that. And as an adult, like I'm not really interested in having toys around my place. Like I'm not super gung ho about Harry Potter or star Wars or back to the future. Some of the things that they make really cool Lego sets on, but since I still love Lego, I wanted to continue to use them to make the things that I do need like coasters and picture frames and furniture. And now all sorts of things that I've outfitted my place and my office and other people's places and other people's offices. Well, with. and what I love is that you found this really cool intersection of social change and impact in Lego. Mm. I love just to shout out a couple of favorites of brick by brick. I mean, they're all favorites, but uh, I love you made this Lego app. I think we can call it an app called the I can. Mm -hmm. yes. And there's literally a, it, like, it's so cool because there's like a surprise, like color bar right that mm -hmm. comes out and you get to turn it every time you you make a change right yes, exactly and then if you make a change every day for a week i think it is mm -hmm. like a little hundred dollar bill pops out yeah. which is so a, a lego hundred dollar a lego, bill. lego yeah. a le yes yeah. i should totally uh distinguish that a lego hundred dollar bill pops out you also made this incredible jail for an iphone for like when you're mm -hmm. at dinner with with a friend yes. you're like just, <laughs> and i just where did you sort of start thinking oh, I can use Lego for, for social impact. Um, it, it happened pretty, pretty naturally. Like I posted when, when I've posted photos online or when I carry things with me, there is this like lightness and fun that I see come over people when they see some of the things. And I think that play is incredibly important as adults, probably even more important, um, for adults because it's not like a given, um, it's kind of a given for children. Yeah. Um, and I really loved seeing that. And I wanted to 
find a platform where I could get that same that same result without you know spending all day on the street just showing things to people. Yeah. Um, and I also I loved Bob Ross as a kid, uh, and I love really have um, been trying to carve out the Lego Bob Ross. Uh, I can totally niche. see that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Whenever anybody says that in any of the comments, it just like makes my day. Um, <laughs> it's not just because you have amazing curly hair. Uh, <laughs> I used to have an afro. Um, maybe <laughs> it'll amazing. make a return. <laughs> uh, but no, but because, you know, looking at Bob Ross's stuff, like there is just, I was somebody who, who never painted what, what Bob painted, but I just watched it and felt yeah. like I could and felt like, totally. and I just felt so at ease and quite frankly, still do. I love going on YouTube and, and watching Bob Ross videos. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. I um, love that. So relaxing. So, so serene. And, and yeah, to build something that, you know, you can make somebody smile when they see it or just like remind somebody that, uh, that things aren't as hard and fast as we think they are, that you can have fun with a keychain, that you can have fun with coasters, you can have fun with, with these different things. Um, and yeah, to inspire other people to create, cause they might not want to build the exact same things that I do, but once they see an episode, maybe that helps them remember that they have some bricks too. And what do they need in their life or who's somebody that would really get a kick out of getting a personalized, weird little Lego trinket or gift or something. Yeah. Um, it's a really fun way to connect with people because almost everybody in our generation or around our generation has some connection to Lego, whether they had a ton or a few, or they went to a friend's house who had a ton. It's really accessible. It's like, it's something that, that, I think unites a lot of people mm-hmm. and I've connected with so many people from all over and different age ranges. And like on paper, we probably have very little in common. Or if you look at photos of us, we probably look very different, but we have the same love of this little, you know, brick and it, yeah. it helps bring people together. And I think that's super important, especially yeah. now. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it. And I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist with Christina Wallace and Kate Scott Campbell. So one of the things that I love is not only do you make these little things, these very personal size things, uh, but that you also build these massive installations. Uh, so yeah. tell us a little bit about some of these these projects and like how do you figure out the scale and the layers and the architecture of building something 
giant when it's not like you know human sized coasters. Sure. Uh, yeah, the the big installations that I've been able to do for a bunch of really cool companies and some cool folks, uh, they're so much fun. I've done pieces with 20,000 pieces, 50,000 pieces, 100,000 pieces. Wow. Uh, and a lot of it's freehand. A lot of it is just sort of uh, building in the space as, as I'm actually in the space and I build them on site. Um, sometimes things have to be built at my studio. And when I'm doing something like a logo or something that... Uh, has a very specific look. I'll often use graph paper. Um, graph paper is like a great tool to use when working with Lego. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then you just figure out, you know, what the what the ratio is. How many squares on the page relate to how many Lego studs? Mm-hmm. Those are the little dots on the Lego. Not super handsome dudes with Legos. <laughs> uh, see, I just put an S but on Lego studs. <laughs> does sound like a great band name. <laughs> like it does. That does. Like Another side project it out. for you, Adam. Oh, man. I'm like I'm worried to put in a Google image search of Lego. <laughs> Studs. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do that for you. Personal while you challenge to all of our listeners Put my right now. Moderate safe search on. <laughs> exactly. Wait. So you say you said freehand. So sometimes you will do a huge installation. Does that mean sort of as you go and let it evolve? Yeah. Uh, that seems really brave, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the great things about Lego is it's so easy to build yourself out of mistakes. Or just take oh. some pieces off. Um, That's a very good point. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not working with concrete. I'm not working with, mm. I don't know, glass or something where it's mm. like, if you make a mistake, like it's back to the drawing board or to the blowing thing that you make glass with. I don't know. I can't, <laughs> what? can't, can't the finish. Kiln? The no. kiln? Like, it goes maybe. in the kiln the eventually. Ovens? Yeah. <laughs> it's not ceramics? Maybe. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I do Lego for a reason. <laughs> yeah. my, my, We're all experts not in yeah. glass blowing yes. and in other things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's so true. Yeah, and I and what another cool thing is that each build I learn not only how to build that thing, but I also learn a ton of other lessons that I can apply to future builds. And sometimes I forget them and I have to relearn them and relearn them until they actually you know solidify and stay in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a uh, a difference in in building freehand and and seeing once you're actually in the space creating it rather than just thinking, oh, I bet this will work and sticking very closely to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it can be challenging to get the exact right amount of bricks and the exact right brick that you need for a gig, especially if there's a short timeline. So sometimes I find myself, always, I find myself improvising um, Mm -hmm. in some way, just like I was when I was a kid, when I was looking for the right piece for the back of the spaceship so it was totally even with the right side. And then if I couldn't find that, I would have to like rip the wing off of the other side and go try to use a different piece. This is something I love that you do on Brick by Brick, where there's there's this one episode where you make these awesome kinetic Lego Mm. structures that move and they're really cool and I love that you were like oh here's how you do it you can use this little hinge and you're like but if you don't have those you can use these and if you don't I think it was tiles and if you don't have tiles you can use bricks and so it was just this feeling of like whatever you have you can figure out how to do that which is so cool yeah thank you so much yeah one of the big things when we were developing the show um, was I didn't want it to be a like a recipe 
Mm. I didn't want it to be like, mm-hmm. hey, to get mm-hmm. this exact outcome, here are the pieces you need, here are the steps that you take. And there are some people who watch the show and I think do build every step the way that I do it. But mm-hmm. I, I try to remind the viewer um, and encourage people. And it's been shown by a ton of photos and videos that people have sent in of kind of doing, putting their own spin and remixing the builds and going really big or really small or a different color or just using one element that I'll teach in a different build entirely. And that's what I get really excited about um, because I think a departure from being so attached to a specific outcome, especially in the creative field, is really important. Mm-hmm. It's really important to remember that you may not always have the, the exact right pieces. In fact, more often than not, you know, we don't have every single thing that we need for what mm-hmm. we're trying to accomplish. But when we exercise that part of our brain, uh, like kind of troubleshooting and figuring out what other ways can we do it, I think there's a ton of growth there. And it's been like so valuable to me. And I really love spreading that. Well, also so awesome. the constraints of not having quite what it is you want always can, at least for me, has often led me to be more creative and mm-hmm. figuring out kind of what's that second iteration or what's the third iteration that that sort of gets me to the same outcome or solves the same problem, but comes at it from a very different point of view, because this is what I have, even though what I wanted was that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, so just snooping around on your Instagram, you have made this big Lego globe. You literally made the world out of Legos. How do you approach something like figuring out how to do a curve or a sphere with Legos? I mean, that is blowing my mind. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that was, that build was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. It was a very very humbling experience. I was like, oh, I I can do this in in nine days. I think it took me like 20 or something. Wow. Um, It's... It's interesting. Like one of my favorite things to do is to surprise people or to, to create something that they don't initially recognize as Lego. Um, so something like that's re- very rectangular or square is kind of an obvious thing to build. And there are some beautiful, cool things that I've made and that I've seen that are just squares and rectangles and sometimes they're great. But when you get into curves or when I do, you know, a sign for somebody and I choose cursive instead of block writing, Mm. um, it's really fun just because I love pushing the medium in that direction. Um, For the globe, I used an entire graph paper notebook, I think a hundred pages of of drawing out, you know, I would kind of like draw a circle with like a, a, a pencil on a string yeah. and then I would try to draw a pixelated version of that line like the line of best fit but that I could actually do with just squares wow and I did that for every level so oh the, so it was 28 levels I think 28 in the southern hemisphere 28 in the northern and they were the same but just inverse so that was super intensive process and then the globe itself weighed about 220 pounds so there was so much internal structure to keep it standing up because people often ask like oh are your builds hollow or are they filled and neither they're kind of somewhere in between it's like if you were to take a sledgehammer to your wall don't Um, (laughs) but but, if you you would see like there there are cross beams and there are it's not just hollow in there and it's not you know cement all the way through similarly there is a an under structure to keep the piece sturdy and standing because i try to not use any adhesives whenever it's possible whenever it's possible just to have the entire piece be made from lego um 
I do it. You know, yeah. if there's a piece that's undergoing a lot of stress or something that's moving or something you're going to have carry with you in your pocket, you know, I mm-hmm. occasionally do use glue or craggle to the, the, the people who know about craggle. Um, oh, I don't know about craggle. Oh, it's, it's from the Lego movie. Oh, oh nice. Of course. <laughs> like, it sounds like something that I saw. <laughs> yeah. It's like this mythical thing from the Lego movie because it's just an old thing of crazy glue right, that is like right. bent over on itself. So <laughs> yeah. you can only see the, the, the letters craggle. That, so you're, you're really acting as an architect as well. Like truly think about support and, and reinforcement and sure, yeah. integrity of structure. Yeah, I mean, not I, on a tiny scale. On like, right, will right. This support... I know I'm endowing you with, you know, no, I appreciate big it. titles. Lay, but... lay it on me. I'll take them all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I sometimes just stand out in awe of architecture and buildings because the scale that they're working on is so amazing. And the fact that you can have hundreds or thousands of people standing on a floor like since I've been doing the building and the scales of buildings that I've been doing, I've just found myself more and more just staring at buildings in just sheer awe of what people are able to do. It's amazing. Wow. Wow. That's so incredible. If <laughs> this is a big question, if Lego didn't exist, what would be your medium of That's choice? A great question. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, through, before I had my aha Apple TV overheating moment, th- thank goodness <laughs> Apple TV's overheat. Um, I loved art and design, and I just didn't really feel like I was a creator. Um, I felt very creative. And really? Would, would, I, I would do, like, performance stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like my painting skills were worth investing more time in or my drawing skills. I have a certain amount of patience, but that patience doesn't always extend itself to getting better at something. You know, yes. I, I, I'm totally lucky in that, that there's a lot of things that I can just pick up and sort of do. And but, if you if you can't sort of do it, you're like, why can't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> I get frustrated it and I just get rid of it. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> not going to do that. Um, so it was really nice when I picked up Lego. I had already invested the time that I didn't suck at it when I picked it up. So there wasn't mm. that discouraging feeling. Um, I've gotten better at dealing with that discouraging feeling and like learning how to snowboard and doing like other things <laughs> as of late. Because um, for those of you who are learning how to snowboard or don't know how to snowboard, you just fall down. Oh, all You're the just time. on your butt for a day at least. But oh. then you can snowboard. The first time I snowboarded, the instructor pulled me aside from the group and he was like, you should stop because I've seen people like you. People like you, he said. And they end up breaking a leg by oh, lunchtime. No. Yeah. Oh. No. His name was Solomon. It was at Squaw Valley. And like it was years ago. I was a gangly fourteen year old. (laughs) I was you know, so painfully awkward. Uh no, I I kept going, goddammit. Uh I I did. But Adam, that's so interesting. So you feel like before you started building with Lego, you weren't saying like I'm a visual artist and so therefore I'm looking for my medium. It was just a way that you love to create that you also are truly talented at. Um, that's so interesting. So maybe if, if Lego wasn't there, you'd maybe be expressing what you want to express and social impact and all these things in some other way. Yeah. I, I mean, creativity is super important to me making things, uh, like I'm obsessed with making things totally. like whatever it is, whether it's like something like fixing something around the house or just <laughs> like, cause I have so many ideas and I know that we all have ideas and ideas are wonderful and beautiful and great, but actually following through on an idea and turning it into a thing, which is something Mm -hmm. that I'm just like obsessed with. Mm -hmm. Like, I just love that process. I love the lessons that come from that process, the challenges, the, you know, this will never work to this might work to this is done. Like is one of 
my favorite things that I get such a kick out of and such a high off of and just I want to continue to be doing that whether it's in Lego or another medium or in interacting with people like that is something that I wish to do and plan to do for the rest of my life so um I want to ask you about your your project with the Great Lakes Science Center uh, in Cleveland. But first, I maybe tagged on to this. Uh, you know, you've done a, a bunch of installations at this point, so I'm sure your your reputation precedes you. But when you were first getting started and you had, you know, identified that you can make things with Lego and this is a thing you like doing, you're good at doing, how did you take that leap to commercializing this skill in a way that gets you paid? And, you know, related to like, you know, sort of building that side of your career as a business and not just as a hobby. I'm sure we have many listeners who are like, I have a thing Hmm. that is interesting and cool and different, but it's just a hobby. Could I turn it into, you know, a a thing that gets me building installations Hmm. at science centers? Sure. My process was, I didn't dive into it um, because I really didn't put any I didn't put much money into the business because I didn't have any, but I put all of the Lego that I had had for my entire life, which was maybe seven or 8,000 Lego, um, which felt like a lot. Now it feels like nothing. Um, and I built a ton of prototypes and I, I put photos up online and was getting a lot of feedback. And I, I talked to a lot of people that I trusted their, their, their taste. And I looked at a ton of products out there. And I launched a Kickstarter campaign based on my idea of practical household items using Lego. And really just kind of used that as a litmus test to see if there were people who actually wanted, were excited enough about what I was building that they would put energetic support behind it in the way of money, not just thumbs up on Facebook or positive mm-hmm. feedback or, you know, someone stop me on the street and say, hey, that's a really cool um, keychain or whatever. Um, and the Kickstarter was successful. And I leveraged my like my thousand Facebook friends or whatever to really spread this because I hadn't really asked for a lot of social media favors at the time. I feel like now we all ask social media favors like all the time. But this is right. yeah. long enough ago where there wasn't a crowdfunding thing in your inbox every single day. Right. Facebook, uh, Kickstarter was still kind of novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some friends to help me out with the video and it got shared a ton and there was more support from people I didn't even know than there was from people that I, that I did know. Wow. Um, and that's not a knock on the people I knew that just uh, like a testament to how far the campaign spread. Um, my goal mm-hmm. was $10,000 and I raised um, over 11, but a few companies and some other people found me mm. on the campaign. And as we were communicating, they were like, Oh, do we support your campaign or do we just like, you know, do business with you. Yeah. Um, but once, <laughs> awesome. once like I both. knew, once I knew that I would, <laughs> I would hit my goal or was confident that I would reach my goal. I was like, Oh, let's just do business <laughs> t- together. Totally. And that got me a couple jobs. And then every time I've done something, it's been really great, obviously to have the business, um, but also to get the exposure and sort of prove the model so that when I go to a company or I go to somebody who's maybe interested or has some sort of affinity or connection to Lego, I can show them, Hey, this is something that is working. This is something that I've done before. Um, because I'm very fluent in Lego and I know other people aren't necessarily. So when I say I can do this style or I say I'm an artist who works in Lego in their heads, they're picturing red, blocks, yellow blocks, green blocks, and blue blocks. Very <laughs> right. childlike, very primary colors. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's mm-hmm. some really cool things you can do. Yeah. 
but I really love testing the boundary. And then when I actually have pictures and physical items to show those people, that has Mm -hmm. been like a really powerful tool. Um, So follow those instructions exactly, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But um, But I think, you know, just just trying like yeah. just just actually doing it because i talked about doing a kickstarter for much too long and i mm-hmm. thought about doing a lot of these things and they were just like relegated to to parts of my mind and then when i actually started actioning actioning yeah, acting action. <laughs> acting like actionable I like action. items i do too when i got into action when i was action jackson um that is when <laughs> stuff really started happening so whatever it is whether it's a medium or whether you're a you know, visual artist or a writer or performer or singer or have an idea for a business, like just starting. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter that there's not a specific starting point. Mm-hmm. The starting point is kind of wherever you're at in your journey. Um, and maybe with hindsight, you can look back and say, oh, I should have started there. But at least like once you're on your journey, it kind of takes the first couple steps to understand what the next couple steps are. Well, and that completion thing too, in addition to that, that you were speaking about earlier is something I really relate to. And I think a lot of our listeners do too, when you have a lot of interest and your brain is active and you can pick up things quickly, it's sometimes hard to say, like, it's easy to start and and dabble in a bunch of things, but to say, okay, here's, I'm going to just try this out and then I'm going to see it to its end. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's, if, if it's one Lego structure or mm-hmm. whatever, right? To be able to finish that. Yeah. I heard at one point through my casual online stalking of you that you were considering having a tattoo that said finish something yes. at one point. What is, tell us about that. So I had this, this idea and then I saw basically the same thing on a t-shirt at a Venice beach stand. <laughs> and I was like, nope, <laughs> nope. but it was, it was finish something. Oh, but something was not yet completed. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Historically, I've been the type of person who has a ton of enthusiasm at the onslaught of something. Yeah, like in the beginning, very excited. And then there's this like, what, what is it called in, in AI? The abyss of oh, uncanniness. The uncanny, val- uncanny valley. The, yeah, uncanny, the uncanny valley. valley. So yeah. I've like, I found myself being in the uncanny valley. Oh, yes. And, oh, well. and like... <laughs> As somebody who has a uh, a tendency to procrastinate from time to time, I've like thought a lot about procrastination, mm-hmm. and I think it's that we get to a point in something where there is this challenge, whether it was unseen or we knew it was going to be challenging, and then we just stop because this is an unpleasant experience going through the hard part of whatever we're trying to finish. And if we pick up something else, there's a bunch of the fun beginning stuff until we get to that hard part. <laughs> but if that's how we handle things, we'll have all of these unfinished um, projects. So, you know, over the last few years, I've put a lot of energy into being dedicated to to taking on projects that I know I will be able to get through that challenging mm-hmm. part. Um, totally. Because once they're finished, it's like one of the best feelings in the world. It's so true. It's so rewarding so to get through that. We unfortunately, uh, unbelievably, are out of time and have that to. That is shocking. The... Wow. I know. This is I like know. I have to say, our interview with you, Adam, has just lightninged by. Yeah, this was super <laughs> fast. Uh, I know that Stop. Steve just pointed at me because uh, we're about to go into the lightning round. Oh snap! We are. But, but before we do, I want to follow back up on this Great Lake Science Center. What mm. is this uh, massive exhibit you're doing with them? So the Give great... us like the the ten second version. The Great Lake Science Center is an amazing <laughs> museum in. 
Cleveland. There's like a little museum row there. uh, And I love science museums. And they are doing an exhibit. We are doing an exhibit next year called Build It. And I'm helping them with some interactive exhibits, which is my favorite thing about science museums, is you can put your hands on things um, to teach kids and excite kids about science and scientific principles and and all of that jazz so i'm very excited about doing that next year that's so and when so will that awesome. open do you know um it opens in uh early spring like late when like february ish and i think is will be open through september i believe is the time wow that's awesome. soon yeah yeah very soon awesome very awesome, exciting. awesome. Well, okay those of you in so Cleveland, now check it's it out. time yes. for the lightning round <laughs> for the lightning round <laughs> So, um, basically, we're going to ask you a, a handful of silly questions. This is a tradition we've done since the very beginning. Great. Uh, and these are not meant to be uh, deep and thoughtful and, and you know, paragraph-length answers. These are meant to be the bullet point kind of answers. You got it. Which is to say, you don't have to defend them, and we will do our best <laughs> not to ask follow-up questions. Fair enough. We're going to do our best. We're, we're not okay. good at it, but we're going to do our best. <laughs> Excellent. So, Kate, you're going to have to start because yes. you wrote question three, and I can't pronounce those names. I, that sounds great. Okay. <laughs> Just to get you excited, Adam. Oh, yeah. I'm literally on the edge of my seat. <laughs> okay. Question number one. We always ask this. What are you reading right now? What am I reading? Um, what am I reading right now? Uh, it's a book called Listen, Little Man. Ooh. I read it. I sort of read it in college. I remember loving it. And it's uh, philosophical. It's it's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. But I just started. So, like, it's, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Add that to our list. Love mm-hmm. it. Question two. What's the last thing that made you say, wow? Oh. Uh, That's a big question. Be anything. Uh, yes. Uh, t- two days ago, I walked to work. And there was a tree that had no idea what season it was. Half of the tree was in fall, like full-on <laughs> autumn mode. And part was green and part was yellow. And then part of it was on the ground. And I just stood <laughs> and looked at this tree for like 45 seconds. And it was just like, I'm tripping right now on nature. Just like staring at this tree. I was blown away. That, that is, sounds amazing. That's incredible. That's incredible. Okay. Question three is based on early emails where I think you mentioned that you're seeing Rogue One tonight. Is I am. that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Okay. So this question is totally preemptive. Okay. <laughs> but Ray or Jin Urso? I I, I, I I don't know. Impossible. I, I, oh, and I've not seen a single trailer for Rogue One. Oh, my gosh. My wife and I are, like, big into not watching trailers of movies that we're that really excited about. It takes a lot nothing. of discipline, yeah, Adam. So if we're in the theater and a movie comes on, we'll cover our eyes and just make a little... So I've seen nothing. I've seen, like, a couple billboards, and there was uh, an X-Wing fighter and a TIE fighter parked on Hollywood Boulevard the other day, <laughs> oh my which gosh. I saw. Um, but I haven't seen any... Fo- so I, I I know that those that's, like, the, the new lead yeah, in this yeah, in this film yeah, totally I'm, yeah but i that's such a good this is why i love lightning round because often the answer is better than the question <laughs> i love it uh christina number four what is your dream lego installation oh amazing question um i want to build something that creates like measured change in this world that like mm. is a I don't, a, a bridge to to bring people together, a, a reminder of how wonderful and beautiful and light and playful and joyful this this life can be. Uh, something that is more than just an object to be looked at, but something mm-hmm. that does more. I love it. I love it. And 
Last question. This is a podcast for men and women and all people, but we like to give a little love to the ladies. Shout out for a woman who's doing awesome things in visual art, or I'm going to also add in Lego or social change, just the fields that you're in. Shout out. You want to give a little love to a lady who's doing uh, I mean, I, cool I always have love to give to my wife, who is amazing, and she's a, a filmmaker and an entrepreneur, Stacey Story, uh, the like, favorite woman on the planet, favorite person <laughs> on the planet. Um, who else is, like, we, we have a lot of awesome friends friends who are entrepreneurs and are doing interesting, fun things. There's a ton of women at Bricksburg who are brilliant artists. Oh, who so cool. um, Lego Movie 2, there's a lot about the younger daughter, um, the little sister from the Lego Movie 1. Oh, nice. Um, and so there's a, a host of just amazing, um, very talented women artists working on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm like really inspired by a ton of women in my life that are around doing wonderful, wonderful things. So cool. So cool to hear about all the ladies at Bricksburg and of course your lovely wife. I know you guys got married last year, so very belated congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Adam, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank oh, you so been, much. So, thank you so much for having me. Thank, oh my gosh. Yeah. Of course. So uh, we will throw your info on our show notes on Forbes.com, but where where should people find you? Any Instagram shout out, Brick by Brick shout out? Sure. So peace and bricks uh peace like a peace sign uh bricks the way it's spelled um and yeah go to go to soul pancake they're an amazing channel that is all about spreading good vibes and making making us laugh about what's wonderful and making us think about what's wonderful and challenging uh my show is called brick by brick um we just wrapped season two so you can watch a bunch of episodes and we've got new episodes coming out in the spring and crossover episodes and fun different stuff that we haven't done before yeah that's the those are the places Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you yeah. so much for hanging You're with so us. You're so welcome. This has been great. Yes, thanks. Enjoy Rogue One. <laughs> Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. 
And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.